Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan on News Talk. Brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again. I was reading Cathy Donaghy's piece in the Irish Independent um, over the weekend and I've thought about it many times since actually. Um, she wrote about her experience of miscarriage and she talks about living in Dublin for years, moving home to Donegal with her family um, falling pregnant and suffering multiple miscarriages and she talks in the piece about the anger and as she says the shame that consumer consumed her before she she finally let go and found healing in the sea and it's a it's a very well written piece and it's worth a read and I wanted to chat to people today about this and your experience of dealing with miscarriage. Um, Jennifer is with us on the programme. The number actually is 1800 453 106. Jennifer is on the line. Jennifer, you were somewhat struck by this piece too. Okay, so it was, it was something that really resonated and I'm sure it is an article that will have resonated with a lot of people. Um, just the, the way she speaks of the silence of the scan and the shame and the anger that she felt. And I suppose that's something that so many people do feel when they have a miscarriage. And it's it's just one of those things that I suppose there's so many similarities, but at the same time, it's such an individual thing to go through for everybody. Tell me your experience, Jennifer. Yes, I suppose I would have got married when, when we were quite young. So I got married when I was 23. And I suppose when you're married at 23, you never think that you're going to have any issues when it comes to having a family. So we got pregnant very easily and very quickly. And everything was going perfectly. Everything was smoothly. I was very sick. I had a bump. Everything was as it should be. So we went for our dating scan at 13 weeks. And the silence that she spoke of in the article, that's what we had. Um, like we had, we knew what we should be seeing and we weren't seeing that little trigger. And the midwife just said to us, I'm really sorry, there's no heartbeat. And we could see our little baby on the screen perfectly formed, but the flicker just wasn't there. Um, so we were having what was called a missed miscarriage. So again, that was something that we had never heard of. Mm. Um, and it was just the utter shock of it and it was the despair and just coming home in a fog. And I suppose my husband was, was great. He did all the phone calls because I just I just couldn't. I just wasn't able to do anything. I wasn't able to process what was happening. And I suppose when we had when we lost that baby, we were told it was just one of those things. Um, it was bad luck, and try again, and that everything would probably be fine next time. So we tried again and got pregnant relatively easy again. Um, and because we had had a miscarriage, we had another scan at eight weeks, mm-hmm. and we were told we were having what was a molar pregnancy. So again, this was something that we'd never heard of. We didn't know what it was. Um, I meant having to go in and out of the hospital kind of every two days for blood tests to make sure that the bloods were back down. And I suppose the experience of the second miscarriage was very different in that I became quite angry and I suppose that was something that really resonated with me from the article was the anger that I felt because I wouldn't be an angry person. So that anger was something that really kind of shocked me in a way because I expected to be sad and I expected to be upset. But the anger was something that took me a little bit by surprise. Um, so I suppose when we had the second miscarriage, we kind of took took a bit of time to, to regroup and to, to heal a little bit. Um, and we t- 
tried again and we had our son who's now 13. Um, and everything was textbook with the pregnancy. Everything went great. There was no issues. So it was because we had Dahi, we thought, okay, we've had our bad luck and we decided to have a brother or sister for him. We thought everything was going to go smoothly. Mm. But we actually went on to have two more miscarriages after Dahi, um, again, around eight weeks. So it was at that point you start to question, I suppose, you start to question yourself and you start to think, that there's something wrong with you and that you must have done something terrible in a previous life that, that this has all been thrown at you. Um, and it's, it's it's really hard and I suppose it's, it's hard on, it was very hard on my husband because he was seeing me go through it mm-hmm. and he wasn't able to fix it or he wasn't able to, to help me and I suppose I would have pushed him away because I was trying to deal with it and I suppose we dealt with things very differently and that I kind of yeah. No, I was just going to ask you, sorry to cut across yeah. you, Jennifer, that anger that you talked about yeah. in the second, uh, following the second miscarriage, did, yeah. does that, does that fade? Was it, was it still there? In Yeah, I suppose it was still there, but there was also a kind of, just a, an annoyance of why it, why it kept happening and mm. why it was happening again, um, along with the, the loss and the grief that you feel. And I suppose it's a very hidden grief because, People don't don't see it the same way as we say losing a parent or a yeah. sibling, yeah. Because it's it's quite hidden and it's 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 not really spoken about. So that was quite difficult as well because we didn't have the the same support that you would have if you had we say a funeral mm. and things like that. Um, you don't really mourn, I mm-hmm. suppose, in in many ways, Jennifer. You, you nearly don't get the opportunity or the chance. Yeah, exactly. To mourn. I mean, it's. It's it's so important to have that, and I suppose as society, you you almost think that you should just bounce back and just get on with things, but you do have to go through that mourning process and that grief process to to kind of come out the other side. And I don't think you ever fully get over the loss of a baby, mm-hmm. but I suppose what happens is life grows around that grief and the loss, so it, it doesn't necessarily get smaller, but your life grows around it. Is there enough understanding? No, I don't think I don't think there is. And I mean, our first miscarriage was over 14 years ago now. And I suppose I would have thought that there would have been an improvement in things. But I don't think there is. It's still somewhat of a taboo subject. Um, it's still it's still not really talked about enough. And I suppose it's articles like the article at the, week, at the weekend mm. and when people come out and speak about it, it just, I suppose it gets conversation started and it gets it gets people talking. And I suppose I'm I'm involved with the Miscarriage Association of Ireland as well, and I suppose we see that the support is still is still really sought after by people, and people want to be able to to speak to people that get it and that understand what they're going through without having to explain themselves. When you did, you tell people um, or chat chat to people or family or friends, Jennifer, along the way, like were people aware of what you and your husband had gone through? Yeah, there would have been, I suppose, especially with the first loss because we had gotten past the 13 weeks so we thought we were home and dry and everything was going to be great. So we had told uh, both of our families knew. Um, so like that, it was my husband that had to make the phone calls and I suppose when we had the second loss, we didn't tell people initially that we were pregnant but we did tell them when we lost the babies and, and likewise, we went on to have four more miscarriages after that and we would have told people um, 
but yeah, it, I suppose it's it's a very personal thing if you tell people or not. But I found it quite hard in the sense that mm. it, I found it hard going to people say, well, I was pregnant, but I'm not anymore. I know. And having that conversation is just, it just leads to awkwardness a lot of times and people don't know what to say to you. I know. And then you're kind of questioning, should I have said anything or not? <laughs> Yeah. And I, I know from talking to people, Jennifer, who have been in, in your experience that there's often, you know, where they've maybe suffered or gone through a miscarriage or perhaps even two. And then, you know, they, 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 they're they pregnant again. And there's that fear around even talking to work around this or an employer or, you know, finding the right time or when is the right time. And it, and it probably comes, I imagine, from a, 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 a space of being anxious yeah, exactly. Yeah, and I suppose when you when you've lost a baby, I suppose the the innocence of being pregnant or the naivety is kind of gone as well. So you know what can go wrong, and like that is that worry and that fear when you get pregnant again is it's 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 really hard. And I suppose it just adds to the stress of like that. Should you tell work or shouldn't you tell work? And when is the best time? And like that, I suppose because you've had a miscarriage, you tend to have extra appointments at the hospital as well. So you've that kind of added thing to take into account mm. as well when you're telling. Um, I do think there is improvement in with the with employers and like that. We have a section on our website for employers mm. and employees as well. Um, so I think there is improvement. The some messages coming in actually, and Anne and Cabin Teeley has got in touch, and I wanted to ask you just because you, you mentioned your husband too, Jennifer. Mm-hmm. Um, do we do we talk enough to? The dads and men, you know, during this during this time yeah. too. Yeah, no, I don't think so. I mean, that was something that really I suppose annoyed me when we lost our babies was that people used to ask my husband how I was. So he'd go out and he'd say, "Oh, he'd come in and he'd say, oh, I met such and such,' and they asked how you were, and I used to say to him, "Well, they ask you how you were," and nobody ever asked him how he was. Um, so yeah, I think the dads often get forgotten about, and I think that that's really hard because they've. They've gone through the loss as well, and they mightn't mm. have had the physical connection with the baby, or they mightn't have the physical loss to have gone through. But they they've still lost their baby, and it, yeah, the dads the dads need just as much support. I suppose like we we have support meetings, and we'd have couples coming together, or we even have dads coming to the meetings on their own because they do need that support as well. Jennifer, just um. I just in in terms of the the miscarriages that that you and and your husband um dealt with, like, do you mark those days? Yeah, we do. So I suppose I I still find due dates quite difficult. Even now, even years later, I still find due dates difficult. And like that, my poor husband still gets the brunt of it. He could come in the door, and I'll bite the head off him for no reason other than there's a due date coming up, and I'm a bit wound up. So we tend to do something it, it might be something small it might just be a, a walk on the beach and we'll find a stone and write baby's name on the stone or we go to the graveyard or we we have a lily bush out the back and we just go and we just I suppose just remember them um, so everybody kind of has their own way yeah, of marking the date yeah 
If people, Jennifer, listening to you today, and I, I thank you, by the way, for, for sharing um, your, yeah. your story with us today. I do, I do really appreciate it. And I, I think for people going through this and have gone through it as well, in, in listening to you and, and reading Cathy's piece over the weekend, um, I, think it, I, know, I think it is definitely helpful and, and worth having this conversation. Do you want to just give the details of the, um, the association that you mentioned if people want to get in touch? Yes, I suppose with the Miscarriage Association of Ireland, and I suppose we're run entirely by volunteers that have had miscarriages themselves. So everybody within the committee has gone through the loss of a baby, so they they really do get it. And I suppose in terms of the support that we offer, we have support meetings. So we run support meetings in Dublin um, every first Thursday of the month. So there's actually a meeting tomorrow night in Buzzwell's Hotel in Dublin. Okay, and what time? And then we have meet. That's at 8pm in Dublin. Okay. And we do meetings in Cork as well every second month and we have Zoom meetings, telephone support and email support as well. Jennifer, thank you for sharing your story with us on the programme. This text says, I cried for days after reading Cathy's article. It just summed up exactly how I felt when I too suffered a miscarriage. Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan. Brought to you by Avant Money. Weekdays at midday on News Talk.